Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you to take the microphone and share your best tips, triumphs, and inspirations. Whether you are still in search of a diagnosis or a longtime patient, we want to hear from you because we know how much your voices matter. So pull up a chair and have a seat at the table. Hello and welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360. This is a mini episode, which is a short version of our talk show that takes a few moments out to discuss important topics and invite you to the table to have your voice in our work to be counted towards improving education, advocacy, and research. And I purposefully put an accent on the word counted, because that's what I wanted to talk about today. The importance of being counted. I don't know if you've ever watched television or the radio, listen to the radio or what have you, and you see these polls, let's say, uh, for politicians. Uh, maybe they're doing a survey and saying this many citizens are in support of this candidate or this percentage believes so-and-so's doing a good job. And you think, huh, that's interesting. Nobody has ever in my life asked me to participate in one of these polls. <laughs> so I I'll, I ask myself, like, hmm, okay. Well, no, I, I have a strong opinion about this, but you know, where do, where do I really fall? And, and what is the realistic sample here? How have they picked these people? So those kind of questions go through my mind. And it's all about being counted. We are diverse world here with different experiences, different outlooks, different perspectives. And that that's why it's important at our organization, our mission to make sure that all voices are counted, all voices are at the table so that we can fully understand the entire spectrum of perspectives and experiences. And maybe it would be the 5% of people who are quote unquote at the table that are reiterating that back to Make sure all voices are counted. But the point is, is that people need to participate in order to be part of that final number, that final outcome, that final impact, if you will. Making this a little bit more relevant specifically to today's world, I can tell you that it has been extremely difficult to be living in this world where we have a virus, COVID-19, that is so new that even the brightest minds in the world have to have questions because we cannot possibly in just a few months time fully understand the scope, the impact of this condition, of this disease. Yet we have people all over the world watching the news, watching the, I'm going to say, quote unquote, research. And I'll explain why in a second. Which changes daily, mind you. <laughs> what What's said one week is completely different the next or the next day, etc. But day to day, that information that's published, that research, the information from experts that is based on a subpopulation that is not inclusive of all people, meaning all people are not being counted in that data because it's rushed and we need answers and we need information. Yet the public is very quick to jump on 
the information that's being shared as true, as 100% accurate, because a reputable resource published it or stated it. And of course, in the world of social media, this information frenzied (laughs) world we live in, then that information spreads and more opinions form. And what ends up happening is quote unquote research or assumed information and knowledge about an unknown disease, it's only a few months old, at least for that day or that week, is considered accurate. Well, let me tell you, I still don't know, like probably many people in this world, if what I experienced in March of 2020 was COVID or not. All I can tell you is at that time, there was new research out from China that showed COVID did not only attack the lungs. Interestingly enough, it was attacking the heart. And since then, we found out the brain and eyes and all kinds of things. But that was mid-March. So two weeks old was that information when I was affected by a virus that, interestingly enough, went to my heart. And I'm still to this day, it's June when this is airing, still dealing with the inflammation around my heart from that situation. And I look online and I see, I try to type in, you know, pericarditis, COVID, just to see what comes up. And more and more, I do see some research. And what I don't like about it is I, even this early on, how some publications will say, but pericarditis as a result is rare. And I have to ask, rare for what exactly? <laughs> it's it's seven months old. We don't even know who's had it. There hasn't been any enough testing, not nearly enough testing. We still don't know the ramifications, the extent. So stating something like this is rare is really annoying, frankly, to me, because I think to myself, well, that's funny because nobody counted me. Nobody asked me. And I think it's really important to note that only the people being counted are people who have had a positive test. And again, that's only a small percentage of people who even had access to a test. And then even after having a test, very possibly they think up to 30, 40% are false negatives. That's the case with myself, that that was how it was ruled by doctors, that they feel mine was a false negative because of the timing being 17 plus days in by the time I took the test. And it had already transferred to my heart by that time. So my point in this episode, my point of this episode, I should say, is to encourage everyone in times of uncertainty to be counted. If you think you could have had COVID-19, be counted. Whether you were positive, negative, whether you have an AI arthritis disease or not, if there is a way for you to enter some sort of data bank, registry, check with your local hospital, find out if they're collecting information, in order to fully understand the effect and impact of diseases, period, We must have qualified research that is conducted with proper samples, meaning the proper population, all people possible in this case, because we don't have any preliminary information. So we're literally starting from scratch. 
if we want to know how it truly impacts which groups of people, we all must be counted. Now, as far as our AI arthritis community in particular, I've been having some conversations over the course of a few months. One of the pages that we host on Facebook is COVID-19 and AR arthritis. So if you want to check that out, it is a public group. And we do have conversations about how this affects our community. But one of the things that we had been talking about was all of the uncertainty around COVID in people who have compromised immune systems. And in our case, often that is because of the medications that we are on. It can make us very susceptible to infections. But we have a lot of questions is our population not being as affected because many of us are on the same treatments that they're actually testing to help COVID patients? We don't know. We won't know unless people who think that they were were possibly infected and on our biologics talk to researchers. There's other questions. For example, the antibody test. People have asked me, are you going to take the antibody test? And right now, as of June of 2020, the answer is no. And they, why? Why wouldn't you? Don't you want to know? Oh, I want to know. But I want to know when I feel confident that the testing is right for me, not right for the general population or for what's quoted as 95% accurate. And here's why. On those same sites, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and even in the United States, Quest Diagnostics, which is running most of the lab interpretations of the 95% FDA, Food and Drug Administration approved test, it says right there on both of their websites that it may not be accurate for people living with immune conditions, with compromised immune systems. It also clearly states it is possible for for certain people, including those with immune issues, to not develop antibodies at all. So the last thing I'm going to do is be falsely counted. (laughs) So if I take one and it says negative, I cannot in 100% certainty say, "Ah, well, I guess I didn't have it. Or, oh, I, you know, maybe I could say I had it, but they're even saying there's false positives. So until... They fine-tune something that is right for me and my actual voice can be counted. And when I'm counted, it is relevant to help the rheumatology community. I will not take it. But one of the other questions that has come up is, you know, how, how can all of this research help that rheumatologists or the rheumatology community has been asking us to contribute if there's so many questions? Why should I even do this? Why should I participate? And my answer to that is simply, it makes more sense to participate (laughs) because anyone who thinks that they may have experienced COVID and has our AI arthritis diseases could be giving very pertinent, important information that research has not shown yet because it's only seven months old. So for example, me participating and saying, I could have had it, and it went directly to my heart, is important because maybe it's not so rare. Maybe it's only rare because nobody's being counted. They're not saying this, right? It is extremely important, especially in a time of being unknown, 
that we give as much data as we possibly can so that when it is studied, which, by the way, when I said research, quote unquote, earlier, real research takes months, years (laughs) to be able to do correctly. So while this is all fresh in our minds, and if you develop symptoms moving forward, please, I am encouraging you. I have three different resources that that you can reach out to. These are all three that we are working on at AI Arthritis. The first one I'm going to recommend that you go to, and this one is only USA and Canada-based. The other two are international. So the first one is the Arthritis and Rheumatic Disease COVID-19 Project. And this one is housed by Global Healthy Living Foundation. Uh, Some know them from their breakout organization, Creaky Joints. But we are one of the patient organization's partners for this patient-powered research network. And this particular one is really assessing the whole scope of experience of COVID-19. So it might be anywhere from disease activity to anxiety to the need for support to work experience. It, it really kind of encompasses a very large scale of ways this disease could have impacted our community. So, so that's the first one. The second one is the COVID-19 Global Rheumatology Alliance. Now, this was specifically started by rheumatologists, a global effort, international. And there, there is a rheumatologist registry where rheumatologists are asked specifically to report cases. But my rheumatologist did report me. I am in that COVID global registry. But there's also a survey for patients. So if you think, and it is specifically for people who think they may have had it, whether you had a positive test or not. So if you think you had it, this one is specifically to look at our diseases and how many people felt they had it and what those symptoms were. So so there's a difference there between the two. And then the final one is from our friends at Forward National Data Bank for Rheumatic Diseases. And they have in their patient portal research project focusing on how COVID-19 developed, progressed, the after effects. It covers more details on the psychological impact, what treatments we were on at, at the time, very detailed through a patient experience. And what's unique about this one is, uh, is they will actually contact you, or they may actually contact you, if they believe that you will fit that COVID-19 criteria and ask for an interview. I know because funnily enough, I am in their database. They had no idea it was me. And somebody reached out and asked me for an interview. And of course I, I did it, but it just shows you how thorough they are. And when they realized it was me, they said, oh, wow, well, gee, thanks. <laughs> but but I, I it, it, it took about an hour and they were very thorough and they are going to take the information from the interviews and turn it into some type of publication. So they're really being thorough on this. It's very personable, this one. So those are the three. And we are going to provide the links for all of those. But the most important thing to take away from this is that we must all be counted, especially in times of uncertainty. There is no research that is 
developed enough at this juncture in time to say one way or the other who COVID-19 is affecting the most, how it is affecting them, the long-term impacts, we have no clue. But what we can do is we can be counted right here, right now, so that when the researchers are able to have enough data, enough voices, they can begin to connect the dots. But if you don't have the voices, you can't connect the dots. If you can't connect the dots, you can't actually answer the questions that we all have today. So please, I encourage you, any signs of COVID-19, whether or not you tested positive or negative, please get involved. We will post the links to the episode associated with this page, and we ask you to please come to the table in this situation and just be counted. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of AI Arthritis Voices 360. You can find all of our episodes at AIarthritis.org backslash podcast. And we also want to encourage you to please give a donation to help support the work that we do with this show. Without your support, there would be no show. And we think this is a valuable resource for our community. So you can also donate at our website at arthritis.org backslash donate. Thank you again. Pull up a seat and make sure that your voice matters. AI Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Every Sunday, join our fellow patient co-hosts as they lead the discussions in the patient community, as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org.